Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, it's good, Alaska. This is Scott Levesque, and you're listening to the midweek edition of this Must Read Alaska podcast. I want to welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining with us. And if you've been around Anchorage or Alaska this week, at least specifically Anchorage, because that's where I'm housed, it has been beautiful. So with that vitamin D, we're excited to start this podcast. But before we do that, I just want to ask you to take one moment, maybe a couple seconds, and go ahead and give us a five-star review. It is extremely helpful when doing search engine reviews for people looking for content specifically for Must Read Alaska, or even some of the content or subject matters we talk about on the podcast. And if you can actually take a few more seconds to write us a written review, that would be incredibly helpful. We love hearing from our listeners. You guys are incredible, been really positive, and we just really appreciate it here at Must Read Alaska. Well, there is a lot going on this week in politics, of course. There's so many different things. And and really, I want to focus on Alaska this week, and I want to focus on a couple different things. One is sort of the statewide, um, some quick hits on that. And then I want to talk about the race, the mayor race here in Anchorage, because it is starting to heat up. Mud is being slung. There is a lot of false narratives out there, and surprisingly enough, coming from the Forrest Dunbar campaign. Surprise, surprise. But before we get in, let's do some quick hits around the state right now. And the first one I want to hit on is there is a new... Blexit chapter in Alaska. That's Blexit. And if you know about Blexit, the uh, the movement was started by Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum, who, uh, who essentially wanted to bring black voters out of the victim mentality of the Democratic Party. This is sort of straight from uh, their their website right now. And, and Alaska now has a chapter. And I was fortunate enough to meet the gentleman who was heading that chapter, which is, and it's a great name, Corinthians Wiley. Uh, he is going to be the chapter head here in Alaska. He has been extremely gracious with his time. Uh, when I met him, he sort of felt like this was a whirlwind, and I'm sure it was because he was heading down, I believe, to Tennessee for some training and a lot of other stuff. But anyways, I, I think it's extremely interesting that Alaska now has its own Blexit chapter. And uh, just talking briefly with Mr. Wiley here, he's got a lot of plans and a lot of things that uh, he wants to get done here in the, the the state of Alaska, but he'll be based here in Anchorage uh, for most of that. But again, this is sort of the generalization of what's going on in America today. There is there is a movement on both sides of the political spectrum, and it's gaining more and more traction on both sides. Um, this Blexit movement obviously uh, has been, you know, Candace Owens has been the face of this. She has really pushed this and um, has gained a lot of traction with this. If you don't know who Candace Owens is, she started out as, I believe, the communications director for Turning Point USA, which was uh, a, a conservative on-campus movement started by Charlie Kirk. And uh, she she was their communications director, gained provenance with a lot of very in-your-face um, analysis of what's going on in the world, particularly within the black community. She then moved over to PragerU, where she was hosting a podcast and doing some content there. And now she found a home and Daily Wire, which is run by Ben Shapiro and uh, a group down there. Um, 
So Candace Owens is kind of moving her way up within the 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 spotlight of I guess the mainstream, for lack of a better term. I feel like the Daily Wire now for conservatism's conservatism is about as mainstream as Fox News is now. So again, it's a it's a rather uh, prominent movement right now within conservative circles, particularly black conservative circles. So I just found it very interesting. Uh, like I said, Corinthians is a great guy. Really enjoyed talking with him. It was really a brief conversation. Like I said, he was heading out to do training. But uh, just be uh, on the lookout for that in particular for the Alaska chapter of the Blexit movement. Well, let's move on a little bit as well. Let's talk about some of the mainstream media push right now for uh, Republicans that have an anti-Trump past. And and what we're reading now is there's this movement of, hey, if you had an anti-Trump past, if you were against Trump, uh, particularly at the end of his tenure there while he was, um, you know, going through these impeachment trials and, and obviously a witch hunt, then apparently your your numbers for fundraising have been boosted. Now, they point to a couple different people. The first one is Liz Cheney, the congresswoman from Wyoming. Uh, apparently, she raised uh, about $1.5 million in the first quarter of spending, excuse me, first quarter, compared to uh, around 320000 at the same time in 2019. They also point to Congressman Adam Kensinger, who, you know, is a congressman from Illinois, but he he racked in 1.2 million as compared to about 325-ish, 26,000 um, two years ago as well. So there's this increase in donations to Republican congressmen and women who who were against Trump, who who supported the impeachment process. And this is a narrative that's going out right now. And the idea is this, is that, listen, it's good business to be anti-Trump. And while that may be true in these cases, it's not true in every case. As a matter of fact, Lisa Markowski right now is, is actually very far behind in her fundraising. And it's shown through some of the efforts she's done through mailers who is essentially, who, you know, are essentially asking for more money because she needs support and a team for her fun, uh, her reelection campaign. If you go to Must Read Alaska, uh, Suzanne did a great article that's called "Mainstream Narrative Miss?" Question mark Pro Trump Republicans raised campaign cash while anti Trump Markowski saw big drop. And uh, one of the one of the big things that I see in here is a. A snippet from Markowski's letter she wrote as of right now we are behind our fundraising and finance goals I'm reaching out to a few tried and true team Lisa supporters to see if you are interested in making a donation today well as many of you know congressmen and women do a lot of fundraising even while in campus and when I say campus I mean in Washington Essentially, now becoming a congressman or woman is really more about fundraising for the next election cycle than it has really been about managing and and creating policy for the country. Uh, It's part of the biggest issue I have right now. But again, uh, from the snippet of this article, it's a very interesting. Suzanne writes, the narrative in The Hill, which was where this this kind of article has popped up from, that going anti-Trump was good for lawmakers back home is not completely born out of uh, fact, but rather down the story. Now, let me try that again. It's not completely borne out by other facts further down in the story, excuse me. Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, 
who worked to block the certification of the election uh, results raised $3 million in the first quarter, and Senator Ted Cruz raised $5.3 million. Both Halley and Cruz are not up for re-election until 2024, which goes to my point just ahead. You know, the people, congressmen and women are always raising money because it's expensive to run a campaign. It's expensive to um, do re-elections. It's just expensive, and you need that support. So they're always raising money, and this is no doubt. So, again, there's a narrative that is starting to accumulate that if you're anti-Trump, it's good for business. The problem is, is that narrative breaks down, as Suzanne was writing further down in the in the article, when you see that some of the most pro-Trump candidates are now raising twice or three times as much money as those who are anti-Trump. I think right now you're seeing a lot of polarization within the uh, the parties. Uh, I've said this to numerous people. Watch Ted Cruz for 2024. Ted Cruz is a wild card there because if you look at what Ted Cruz has done, here's the thing he's done. He went against Trump in 2020. And in doing so, what happened was is he he sort of took it on the chin. Um, unfairly so. Uh, I like Ted Cruz. I, I think he was a good candidate. But Ted Cruz fell into that I'm a nice guy, uh, like a lot of the Republican candidates. I'm going to do decorum. I'm going to try to be as respectful as I can. Even if I hate your guts, we're going to do things the right way. And Trump came in and blew that whole thing up. Trump wasn't playing fair. Trump had a Democratic strategy and mindset in a Republican party. And so what ended up happening is people finally were like a guy who's going to fight and just say it and doesn't care and was brash. That was the appeal of Trump, was finally a Republican that's going to fight like we've seen the Democrats fight, at least outwardly in public. So so Cruz fell, fell victim to that. But over the last four years, what I've seen Cruz position himself as, as a more millennial Gen Z type of figure. He's been very brash, very open um, when he... Uh, when he was up for re-election, obviously he went after uh, most of the candidates, uh, and there, in one in particular, who I will name, uh, will not name on this podcast because of the ridiculousness of his policies. But he went through all of them, and it was just—he almost had a small momentum Trumpian-like campaign where he just said how he felt. Now, Cruz is on the Daily Wire with his own podcast. Cruz is regularly making the rounds on podcasts, conservative podcasts, even sort of centrist podcast you know i wouldn't be surprised i can't remember i'm an avid joe rogan experienced listener but i don't know if ted cruz has been on that wouldn't surprise me if he uh, if he got on that uh that podcast as well so what i'm saying is is cruz is positioning himself for the younger voter he's positioning himself as a candidate who is not lock in step with trump but very much uses part of the playbook that trump uses as well and so it'll be interesting if trump doesn't run in uh, 2024, I think Cruz is a very viable candidate. And uh, within the conservative realms, he's, he's very reasonable when talking. Um, I think a lot of his his conversations within, um, you know, if it's on committee or if it's just in general session, have been fairly reasonable. I mean, he may be brash, more brash than he was before, but I don't think it's out of the control over the top. Um, there are some things he'll, he'll get hit on. For sure, uh, like when he went to Mexico, that's going to be an easy snub for a lot of people. But I think in the long run, Cruz is a wild card candidate that I think has more momentum going for him right now. That doesn't mean in in three and a half years that's going to be the case. But that's just my my opinion. Just look out for that. 
All right, let's move on to what we're all thinking about talking about here in Alaska, and that's the Anchorage mayor race. Uh, we went through the first round, and it was clear that there were two people that the municipality really either supported. And that that first one is Dave Bronson, a conservative candidate uh, on the right side of center, um, who is very um, pro-business, very um, small government. And then there's Forrest Dunbar, who is the exact opposite, or at least the actions that he has shown over the last two years have have led us to believe that. And Forrest is um, more on the left-leaning ideology. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to not paint such a terrible picture, but the idea is this. He's a left-leaning guy. Um, and and it's I think you bore that out by the fact that he did not get the police union uh, endorsement. Um, backstory on that, there were many, many individuals within that union who spoke up against such an endorsement based on policies and rhetoric from Forrest Dunbar. I mean, it's it's very clear. Forrest can say what he wants about what his, quote, track record is and what his, quote, feeling on everything is. But the bottom line is that Forrest has a track record in and around Anchorage based on his time in the assembly. And you can't get past that. The fact that he voted for an eighth extension of the emerging de- emergency declaration shows you where his mindset is. So I don't want to hear Forrest make excuses and say, listen, you know, I'm this or I'm that or I'm the best candidate for, for business. That's not true. If you were the best candidate for business, you would have provided businesses, small businesses in particular, not just big box stores that are around the country, but Alaskan-owned businesses. You would have given them the opportunity to actually thrive and actually stay in business, not have to shut down. But you voted to extend the emergency declaration, and that's on you. You can't, you can't pass the buck off to everybody else. You just can't do that. And this is the problem I have with politicians. It's very clear the voting record, and it's very clear the ramifications of that vote. So you can't hand that responsibility and that accountability off. It just does not work. But then that's what Forrest is trying to do right now. It's the same thing with the homeless issue. Don't sit here and tell us that Dave Bronson is going to incarcerate homeless people. That's not what Dave said. That's not what Dave said at all. But Forrest doesn't want the spotlight to be on his policies, so he's trying to put the spotlight on Dave's policies and trying to create a straw man, to use a buzzword, that's not there. It's just not there. And again, this is the Dunbar campaign, and, and, and I've been trying to be extremely fair to Forrest during this whole time. I really have. I've been trying to be extremely fair. But, but the problem is, is that he makes it so difficult for me. Because the, the nonsense that's coming out of his campaign right now, because let me tell you, it was very obvious in that first round of voting who people really wanted, who people really wanted. Now, if you were just going on a plane, you know, whoever got the most votes is now going to be our mayor. I think it would be very obvious who people really wanted. The majority of the people, let me, let me rephrase that, Bronson got the most votes by two or two and a half percent over Dunbar. So now we go into this game of the runoff. But I can tell you this, Forrest is trying his darndest to put the spotlight back on somebody who has not had to do any voting. And it's hard to run away from your voting record, yet Forrest is trying very hard to do so. He's trying very hard to put the blame of homelessness, to put the blame of the pandemic on on Bronson. And that's, and listen, it, 
people, you have to understand this. This is a very, very common and old political tactic, which is particularly with those who do not have a history in politics, is to put into display a critical issue that is obviously within the realm of uh, the voter's mind and place all of the blame on a candidate who has never had to vote or had any opportunity to put two cents into the process of policy, then it instead of focusing on what you've done. And that's what Forrest and his team are doing right now. It's fairly clear where Forrest sits on many issues when it comes to the police. Don't tell me you voted for 100 police additional police officers and then at the same time at the same time encourage uh, family members to be a part of a uh, group of moms who stand in front of rioters and don't get it twisted that's what happened like we all see what's going on in portland what's still going on in portland and then try to backtrack that's just not the case it's not the case. Don't tell me you're for small business or you're for business and economic development in Anchorage when for the last year you've been uh, voting on policies and or emergency decorations that put small businesses not just in jeopardy but out of business. I don't want to hear it. You made the decision. Own it. But nope, we see deflection and we see that Dunbar is placing all of the blame on Bronson by saying various things. Number one, and then, of course, the homelessness issue. That's an easy one to throw Bronson's way because he's had to vote on things. It's just not true. Listen, be authentic and be honest. At least tell why it's been you voted the way you have. Don't place all the blame on, on Bronson by, by saying he's going to incarcerate all the homeless. That's just the dumbest thing I've heard. And again, coming out of the, the Dunbar campaign. Well, these two had an opportunity to sit down and, and discuss and have a, quote, debate uh, that was put on by the Anchorage Rotary Club on uh, on Tuesday. Some interesting highlights out of this. Uh, and again, I'm going to quote some of these here. I think these are either direct quotes or at least summations. Um, those two went at each other. Some of them had some interesting points. Some of them probably felt like they had the I got you moment. But um, let's talk about it a little bit. Here's Here's a comment from... From Bronson, I think this was uh, this was a good left. The distinction between Mr. Dunbar and myself, our worldview, and how his government, and how this government should be run in this city, cannot be more distinct, more different. Which is true. He finishes his closing remark by saying, "We are literally at opposite ends of the spectrum." I think Bronson nailed it. They are at opposite ends of the spectrum. Bronson continues here throughout the the discussion about schools. We have to move out of this notion that we're somehow still in the middle of a pandemic. We're not. Um, Bronson, again, another one hitting, hitting Dunbar on decisions. Anchorage is in a worse shape today because of the decisions, quite frankly, you, this is Forrest he's talking to, have made. Why should voters trust you to suddenly make better decisions? Again, it's a good point. Forrest... Here's the thing that Forrest can't do, and this is why he's just trying to turn everything and put the spotlight on Bronson. Forrest cannot run away from the voting record. He just can't. He, can't, he can do whatever he wants. He can call it a mischaracterization, which you're going to find out here in a minute when we get to the, you know, some of Dunbar's quotes. But the reality is this. Bronson's right. You have a voting record. There's a, there's a trend now of how you lean in your voting and your policymaking, and what what you're promising people is now all of a sudden a shift from what your voting record shows. 
So why should people trust that's going to happen? So Dunbar comes back. Uh, Dunbar called into question and he says this, I quote, mischaracterization of what we did over the last year, saying that the city is not currently under any lockdown or capacity restrictions and that Anchorage has lower hospitalization and death rates than much of the country, which is a funny argument because the entire time that was brought up during public testimony, it was brushed off because of population statewide. It's funny how the left does this. If anybody else who has an opposing view politically, ideologically, brings up something like this, like exactly what Forrest saying, which is Anchorage has a lower hospitalization and death rate than much of the country. That was brought up numerous times, and it was shrugged off as misinformation. It was also shrugged off as anti-vax slash anti-virus. COVID deniers. Amazing people. Just remember this. This is coming from the guy who literally laughed at people and called them out as misinformation, anti-vax, anti-COVIDers. Now he goes on. He says, we do wear masks. That's true. Because people are trying to protect each other. Then why can't people go out when they have COVID and just wear a mask? Dunbar continues, we are trying to reduce the spread of this deadly virus, and we didn't make perfect decisions. Everybody saw through the glass darkly at the time of the crisis, but we had tried to get relief to people who needed it most. We've tried to protect our citizens. Again, that comment right there is just classic deflection. Listen, we didn't know what was going on. We weren't, and, and in the beginning, I'll give you that. You probably didn't. But what's your excuse now? What's your excuse now? That that might have hold true for the first, I'll even give you six months. I'll give you six months. But what's the deal? What is the deal? Again, slide a hand, people. Just watch it. This is what infuriates me. Just own it. Just say, yeah, this is what we did. If Force would just come out and say, you know what? Yeah, we did lock you down. Because you know what? We felt that that was the best thing to do. We felt like it's the best thing to do. And at the beginning, yes, we scoffed at you and said, yeah, the lower rates, death rates, the lower hospitalization rates in the state uh, as opposed to across the country. Yeah, we didn't take that into consideration. But now we are. Just say it. But you make it's it's incredibly disingenuous. And it just makes people, I mean, people see through that garbage. And then, of course, they went back and forth about Black Lives Matter, which automatically goes into... Uh, the APD and police for sure. Dunbar said that he spoke to an officer who described uh, the letter as a huge step backwards for APD. And this is the letter that Bronson wrote that he put out about his commitment to the police, which is ironic that it would take a huge step backwards. Dunbar asked Bronson about a letter he wrote to the police association last week and supported stating that the divisions of Black Lives Matter are violent and clearly anti-American. Bronson responds, or let's actually go on to, to Dunbar here. He writes, or he says, do you think the letter helped advance the long, hard work done by the police in our community to build trust, or was it just intended to prove, divide people and score political points? This is Dumber asking. Again, Bronson was just stating, listen, we're not going to, I support the police, and I don't support, and he used Black Lives Matter, parts of Black Lives Matter that endorses uh, rioting and chaos, which I think is fine. You I don't care who it is. Riding in chaos, in, in chaos is not what we want in any city. 
Bronson fired back saying to Dunbar that police, okay, rank and file revolted against you, commenting on his uh, lack of an endorsement. Bronson continues, quite frankly, I'm trying to figure out why they ever would support you since you are a defund the police advocate. And then he goes on to, to address the Black Lives Matter comment. He says, you know, Black Lives Matter are not a problem. He, noting that he also said, uh, denounced Antifa within the, uh, the letter saying it's a domestic terrorist organization. And then questioned Dunbar why he has not condemned Antifa. Anyways, they're going back and forth, so forth and so on. And then, you know, Forrest gives a, given the Republican leadership all the way up to Mitch McConnell, has acknowledged that there was no actual evidence. And now they're talking about voter fraud here at the time that you wrote that, and he's talking about a, a statement that he made about the presidential election and that there was cheating that swayed the election. This is what Bronson wrote. And Dunbar's now trying to attack that. You know, anything you can to, to put the spotlight away from him and onto you. So here we go. Uh, he continues, acknowledge that there is no evidence of voter fraud at the time that you wrote that, and there is no evidence of voter fraud now. Why do you continue to spread misinformation about the 2020 election? Ask Dunbar. This is what Dunbar asks. Um, Bronson said he's not continuing to spread information. Again, this is sort of a sleight-of-hand move by the Dunbar campaign to try to say, listen, everything from the left side is this. He's an anti-vaxxer. He's a, he's a COVID denier. He's a um, conspiracy theorist. It's all buzzwords. He's not coming out and saying this. This is Dunbar. He's not coming out and clearly calling Bronson a conspiracy theorist. But listen, these, these, are, these are heavily weighted comments. So Bronson fires back. I was merely reporting on the news reports that were coming out. The mainstream media is not universal in its assessment that there was no widespread voter fraud. But the thing is to consider here, which is important, Joe Biden is my president. I respect that decision. How mature. How mature. Look at that. I know it's a breath of fresh air coming with four years of not my president versus what a, again, this is anecdotal at best, but a conservative candidate saying, hey, Joe won. He's in there. I can't do anything about it. He's my president now. I respect the decision. My, what a difference. What a difference. Here's the bottom line, people. The bottom line is this. Uh, You've got to get out and vote. And conservatives are terrible at this. Conservatives are terrible at actually voting in a runoff. And I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this, tell your friends, tell everybody, vote. Vote. Because we need a change in the city. The city is not going. I don't remember Anchorage being this way. Even when I was on the Kenai, I do not remember Anchorage being like this. Yet here we are. And so my encouragement is to vote because that's the only way things are going to change. And really research your candidates. I've got people who are who are more left-leaning, left of center, who are asking me about Dave Bronson. I'm not saying everybody. I'm saying friends are asking me about him. Because you know why? Because they're tired of the same thing. And so they want to change. And so we'll talk about it. I know both candidates fairly well. I know where they stand on the policies. I know Forrest's voting record. I know where Bronson sits on many of the issues and where he would, uh, where he would effectively do to change things when he gets into office. Ladies and gentlemen, I am begging you to vote. I, if you want to see Anchorage continue on, then don't vote. If you want to see a change and you actually want to see Anchorage restored, businesses thriving, the homeless population being uh, accounted for, 
and not just buying them buildings and stuffing them in a place, but actually looking for a real solution, then please vote. Well, that's it for me this week. I'm going to take shorter time this week because last week it was 40 some minutes, but you can find us everywhere right now. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on YouTube. You can get us on Rumble, uh, MeWe, Parler, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, you can find all of that. All of it is under the handle Must Read Alaska, all one word. At YouTube, it's youtube.com slash mustreadalaska. And, of course, you can find all this content, all our written content, our reporting, all of that on mustreadalaska.com. Now, if you're a if you're a supporter here, I want to encourage you to go to mustreadalaska.com and up on the right-hand side, you'll see the donate button. If you want to help us continue to be able to put out this great content, I want to encourage you to donate. Listen, we are here to help mitigate a one-sided news media. We try to give you the complete picture on the conservative side because you're not hearing that, people. You're just not. So we're giving you the conservative side of the news, which is badly needed in this time. So please, if you want to see this happen and continue, I just want to encourage you, just donate anything helps anything helps but it helps to keep this operation going because we are a small operation that's trying to make a big difference so once again thank you for joining in we look forward to seeing you next week and listen as i said before go out and vote in this runoff do not do not dismiss it vote until next time see ya